Two Friends, Two Murders contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Nobody in an atmosphere like this has any contact with violence or walks in any fear. Except who knows what hides in the private jungle beyond any respectable door. Two Friends, Two Murders. I'm Kylie. And I'm Aubrey. This week is episode 26 where we're talking about holiday murders. Woo woo! Outside the snow is falling. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Except these people did not. Oh. Uh, also, because it's the holidays coming up, we wanted to let you know that we're going to be taking a break. Until we earned it, you guys. Year. Yes, it's time for us all to spend a little quality time with our family, including us. We don't just podcast, you guys. We do have <laughs> friends and family as well. But we will kind of keep keep you guys posted on when we're going to come back, but it'll probably be right after New Year's. Yeah. We'll get, yep. get some murders set up for you guys. Um, to start things off, should we talk about some Christmas crimes? Yes. Uh, before we start talking about murders, just to kind of... Ease you into yeah, it. Yeah, ease you yeah. into it. These are just some little Get you little in the crimes. holiday spirit. Um, some of these are really funny, so just be ready. <laughs> so this one's called The Case of the So-Called Stolen Chocolate. Uh, a man dressed as St. Nick at the Atlanta Mall lost his patience in the worst way in 2004. His temper got the best of him and he allegedly beat an old lady, oh 74-year-old woman, to keep just to give you some more detail. With a two-by-four, convinced that she had stolen over $100 worth of Hershey's chocolate from him. The woman actually died from her injuries in the hospital, and Clark was sentenced to life in prison. Why do you have $100 worth of Hershey chocolate anyway? Seems and excessive. it's chocolate. And relax. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's crazy. Also, she's 74, 74 years old. You yeah, could probably just, just like tackle her. <laughs> A two by four Whoa. seems excessive. That is crazy. Uh, this is the case of Santa on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So in 2006 in Columbia, South Carolina, when a man dressed in a full Santa costume riding a decked out <laughs> motorcycle, he pulled up to a gas station and asked a family if they wanted a stuffed reindeer he had in the sidecar. The children walked up to take a closer look when suddenly the man grabbed the eight-year-old and sped off. Oh, my gosh. Panicked, the father uh, chased after him in the car and was able to retrieve his daughter. The Santa imposter was arrested. What a psycho. I thought it was, ugh. Come see my reindeer. You want a stuffed reindeer? Ugh. The case of taking candy from Santa. (laughs) Everyone knows not to take candy from strangers or strangers from candy, however you prefer to say it. (laughs) But when about uh, taking candy canes from Santa Claus in 2009, when a 12-year-old girl was flagged down by Santa hiding in the bushes, first of all, there's your sign. <laughs> yeah, get away from that, uh, Santa. He offered her Christmas candy, and the girl was wise enough to ignore him and started walking away, but Santa started to chase her. Ooh. She made it to a local store just in time to call the police, and the man was identified as a mentally unstable dude who was still caught wearing his Santa suit. I didn't realize how many creepers were dressing up as Santa. 
I mean, it's I an mean, easy way yeah, to get it people, makes sense, I guess. But that's like, I just didn't even think about that. Uh, this guy is the case of a Santa Claus burglary. 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 <laughs> We're off to a great start. Uh, a visit from Santa is usually a joyous occasion, but obviously not in this case, when a 22-year-old woman living alone thought it was the exact scenario when a man dressed as Santa knocked on her door. Uh, unfortunately, his intentions were much darker. He hit her in the face before attempting to rob her. He fled the premise- premises shortly after and then was caught. But, like, why did, were you dressed up as Santa for that? Um, I mean, <laughs> if someone... I don't even answer my door today. Yeah. If you're dressed as Santa or not. But if Santa was knocking on my door in the middle of the night, I'd be like, obviously, no. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the case of a Christmas bank robbery. So, this crime is quite old it's almost 100 years old but um it's one of the most notorious robberies in history a man by the name of marshall ratliff walked into cisco's first national bank in a full santa costume accompanied by three armed men his elves uh he was able to escape with the money taking three girls as hostage but his car ran out of gas shortly after and he had to abandon his loot (laughs) he's like all right guys this is your last Uh, stop (laughs) he was arrested and sentenced to 99 years in prison whoa we've done murders where they've gotten less years for that that's crazy 100 years ago robbing a bank was a big deal Uh, it was 2005 when a 52-year-old man appeared at Rockingham Park Mall in a full Santa costume. Obviously, seeing Santa at the mall ain't too weird. Uh, for some reason or another, he decided it would be a good idea to drop his pants in front of everyone. Mm, lovely. Uh, lovely. Fortunately, he was wearing sweatpants underneath his costume. <laughs> okay. Nevertheless, he was arrested. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, let's see. This is the case of the most unusual Christmas gift. Okay. Uh, so parents can sometimes be at a loss when it comes to finding the perfect gift for their children. A man in Sedel, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. thought he had the perfect solution. According to police reports, he robbed a pet store, taking the cash register and a couple of snakes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, when he was asked by police why he committed the crime, he said it was for his son's Christmas present. <laughs> some cash and some snakes. Wow. Uh, This is the case of the stolen baby Jesus. There's got to be at least one. Uh, A stolen baby Jesus from a nativity scene. It was uh, happened in Florida in 2007 when an 18 year old woman from Florida stole the ceramic figure. She uh, assumed her crime would go unpunished, but little did she know the figure was actually rigged with a GPS system, (laughs) and the cops quickly found her. (laughs) You can always count on Florida to be crazy. I love it. And last but not least, actually, there's two more, so two last but not least, (laughs) the case of an intoxicated St. Nick, which Uh is also not surprising. Right. Uh, Volunteering to drive a Christmas float for a local holiday parade. Uh, That's when this man from South Carolina was drinking while driving a float, only meant to go a few miles per hour, but he sped at nearly 60 miles per hour and was charged with intoxicated driving. What did the float look like? Did it say? It doesn't. Oh my God. That's that's so funny. All right. And last but not least, the case of the crazed shoppers. So black holiday deals can be motivation for braving the crowds and waiting in ridiculously long lines, but sometimes things can get a little out of hand. Dude, I hate black friday shopping this last year wasn't too bad but all the other years i'm like i'll stay home yeah and i avoid like department stores or like walmart 
no. We did Walmart once, and I was like, Finn, you need to get me out of here. Yeah, like, right not. now. I hate it. <laughs> uh, this case was in the Green Acres Mall in 2008, where hundreds were waiting for the doors to open with the promise of holiday savings. This crowd quickly turned into a mob, busting through the glass <laughs> doors and trampling over an employee. Oh, my god! Uh, the most disturbing part, when it was announced that the employee had been killed, many shoppers continued shopping. They're like, eh. Sorry. <laughs> Should have opened the doors quicker. <laughs> Still got to get these oh, deals, though. man. Christmas crimes. What can you do? Creepy. We have another Christmas game to play together. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. This one is called Would You Survive the Christmas Horror Movie? Dude, I love holiday horror movies. And like they're so bad. Oh, they're terrible. And they're just like the best. What's that one? Was it like Santa Claus or something that came out a couple years ago? And it was like a horror movie. But it was Krampus? Like, yes. Oh, dude, I oh, love Krampus. The I watch killer it gingerbread men. Yes. I cannot. There's it's the a, best thing of my life. Did you ever watch uh, Tales from the Crypt? No. No? Uh, do you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, the very first episode is this lady, because, you know, it's, like, all, like, creepy horror tales, yeah, like, yeah, stories yeah. or whatever. It's this lady who, like, kills her husband on Christmas, <laughs> but then an insane asylum uh, patient, like, breaks out oh wearing a Santa suit. Yes. So she's like, oh, I'll just blame it on him. But then he actually comes to her house, and then it's them fighting. It's oh so good. Gosh, I'm gonna have to watch I these. love it. Alright, do you wanna do you wanna lead this? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, let's see. First question. I have a feeling I'm gonna die. You and your BFFs are staying out of the winter cold by bundling up with hot cocoa by the fire. Mm. All of a sudden, the lights go out and you get a phone call. You just <laughs> hear breathing on the other end of the line. What do you do? I'm going to be... Oh, go ahead. Do you want me to read all yeah, of them? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Tell them they dialed the wrong number. Ask if they know a good electrician. I didn't answer. I honestly don't ever answer my phone, so I'm going to choose I didn't answer. Yeah, I probably wouldn't answer either. Like, unless if I, I don't know, know that your number, phone number, yeah, I'm not answering. Totally. Uh, you go to find a flashlight when you hear footsteps on the stairs. You decide to get back to your friend's strength in numbers, investigate the sound, it's probably nothing, or find a place to hide. I would legit go back to back my friends. Back to my friends, of course. Because I'd be like, guys. Yeah, like I heard happening. something. Don't investigate it. No, only it's people horror in movie scary movies do that. <laughs> I'm gonna die first. And the footsteps are getting louder <gasps> and closer. Hide. Hide. <laughs> behind the curtains, under the table, behind the couch. I would go under the table. I think I'd go behind the couch. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we're picking different ones. Finally. finally. <laughs> pumpkin pie is what Bum- we're gonna get. Pumpkin pie, girls. You see a hooded figure heading towards you. Make a run for it. The garage, upstairs, the kitchen. I'd go for the garage. This is hard because the garage, I feel like you could get out, but Mm -hmm. the kitchen has more tools that you can use to fight back. Definitely not upstairs. No. No. I'm going to go garage because there's probably stuff in the garage too. You know, I probably will go with the garage too because if you're thinking of my garage, I could go out two doors. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the dark figure chases you. You need to fight back. Use a Christmas decoration as a weapon. Candy canes, a string of lights, or a tree ornament. I'd use a string of lights. It was either so that. I could, like, whip him and then yeah. choke him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, looks like you hurt them pretty badly. What's your final move? Make sure they're down for good. Get the heck out of there. I like to be like, I'm so brave and I'd like make sure he's down, yeah. but I would probably just book it. Same. So get the heck Same. out of there. Because I don't want to get too close to him again. Like, that's yeah. scary. Oh my God, I survived. Me too. Yes. No one messes with your crew. Okay. <laughs> I think that there's a new scary movie coming out and that's what this is based off. It's called Black Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. In theaters Friday, December 13th. Oh, I love it. I'll definitely watch it. All right, shall we talk about some medics? Let's do it. Um, I don't know who's first. I think it's me. Okay. I think you went, right? I think you I, went first for Thanksgiving. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Don't ever know. I'm pretty sure so, it's me. Um, it. So, my story is about the Lawson murders, which occurred in 1929. Wow. Taking you back. Obviously. And is considered one of the worst Christmas murders in American history. So. <gasps> Suck on that. So that means it's better than mine. <laughs> Great. The Lawson family was big. There was uh, Charlie Lawson, the father. He was super tall with, I don't know why this is important, but I wrote it down. So he has super. All the details are important. Intense blue eyes. Oh my gosh. He had, he had grown up with like a regular farm boy life and was described as hardworking and respectable. He met Fanny Manring, who was 19 at the Fanny. time. Fanny. Fanny. Good That's old Fanny. Cute. That's cute. <laughs> Uh, who was 19 at the time, and they got married in March of 1911. They started their family quickly and had eight children together. My gosh. So their children were Marie, who was 17, James Arthur, who was 16, William, who was six, but he he was six, but he had passed away in 1920 from pneumonia. Oh, sad. Yeah. And then they had Carrie, who was 12, Maybell, seven, James, four, Raymond, two, and Mary Lou, four months old. And they're all like under the age of freaking six. Yeah, they were just getting at it. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Busting them out. Uh, people describe Charlie and Fanny's relationship as super loving. Charlie took really good care of her and even like through her multiple pregnancies when she was like super tired, he would just do like really sweet things for her, yeah. or, like wash her hair, help around the house. Oh, like that's nice. he was really doting on her. Like yeah. everybody thought they had a really good relationship. Um, he was also considered a really loving father. However, he had a short temper, especially with his oldest son, Arthur, who usually got the brunt of his anger. Mm. Um, so a couple of things had happened to the family, like Charlie had fallen super ill with arthritis and he couldn't even get out of bed. In fact, he wasn't, he was so ill with it, he couldn't attend his father's funeral, who had also died of pneumonia. Um, everyone described Charlie as hysterical when he had heard the news and obviously even worse when he realized he wasn't even going to be able to go. Um, because of his illness, he didn't have enough money or strength to work on the farm that he had purchased, but because uh, they had they were tobacco farmers. Yeah. And so he had tried to purchase his own, but because he had fallen ill, like he lost all the money and stuff. Okay. He had to go end up working on a friend's farm when he finally got better and was able to kind of save up and stuff again. Okay. Um, it was a really big deal for him when he was able to buy his own farm again on Brook Cove Road because it was like the family tradition. It's what his dad did. It's what all of his brothers did. Yeah. So um, he purchased the farm and home for $3,200 and the house was 
in good condition, although it was already 100 years old. But the family was, like, making it work. Yeah. So Charlie had planted multiple crops like tobacco and corn. And one day while he was working with a pickaxe, he was, like, unearthing the crops. And he accidentally hit some wire that was hidden by the bushes. And the wire broke. And because of that, like, the pickaxe had hit it and kind of ricocheted back Ugh. and hit him in the forehead. Ouch. So his forehead started bleeding profusely and one of the, his, like, the side of his face was black and blue for weeks. However, he never lost consciousness, so the doctor thought he was fine. He yeah. was like, it's just a surface wound or whatever. Hmm. But a Surface lo- wound. <laughs> Not but really. A, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people speculated later that this was a way more serious brain injury that kind of changed his personality. Yeah. Um, for instance, after this, he had gone to the marketplace one day to sell some of his crops and this man accidentally hit him in his leg with the cart that he had. And Charlie started freaking out, calling him like derogatory (laughs) names. And later the man left, but then he came back and hit Charlie in the leg again, like just to be like a dick. Yeah. And then they started like wrestling and fighting and like. Speaking of Christmas crimes. Yeah. Gotta get that last ham. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta get that. Uh, Charlie ends up stabbing the guy like twice and like nicking his lung, but, but, oh no, I'm sorry. The guy ended up stabbing Charlie and nicking his lung and Charlie was in the hospital for two weeks before he recovered. (laughs) This guy's had a rough time. Yeah. He's just getting. don't be a douche. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was an accident, Charlie. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, so during this summer, Charlie started complaining of multiple headaches and mood swings. He also said that he wasn't able to get a lot of sleep. His brother suggested that the cooler weather coming in might help Charlie. And he said that Charlie just said he didn't know. And he felt like trouble was at every turn. And his brother was like, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean by that? And instead of answering him, he just kind of like walked away. So he's starting to kind of get like weird with everyone. What does that mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the family could tell that he had started acting strangely and but just thought it was kind of like the headaches and the hard work starting to take a toll on him. So they're kind of like, OK, whatever. Yeah, he'll get better, you know. Um, but things got increasingly worse during the fall. Charlie would stay up, at, uh, stay up at night after the rest of the family had gone to bed and would just cry uncontrollably in the dark. Oh my gosh, um, this guy sounds crazy. Yeah, he went to Fanny one night saying that he had something he needed to tell her and just started crying and telling her that it was super important, but he just didn't know how to tell her. And so she's like super freaked out yeah. and he's like, what is going on? And then he's like, never mind, it's not the right night. I just won't tell you. And she was like, not okay. Not the right night. Does it need to be a full moon? Yeah, for real. What does that mean? Then another night shortly after that, Fanny found him out in the cornfield crying and praying all by himself. And she was like, what's wrong? Like, is it another headache? This sounds like a scary movie. It does, right? And he's like, he says, yes, this misery in my head is too much to bear. Like, oh, my gosh. You guys need to get him to a doctor. Yeah, like this isn't you're just like, oh, well, take some aspirin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, weird stuff like that was happening. And then she also saw that he started becoming like really obsessed with his guns. Like he would Mm. like wake up in the middle of the night and like manically need to go and clean them. Like he's like, I gotta clean them. Like they gotta be good to go. Like really weird. Yeah. He's just spiraling. Right. So 
even though his farm like ended up being profitable, money was still like super tight considering how big their family was. So Charlie basically told his family that they don't need to celebrate Christmas and that they don't need to get any presents. Hmm. A neighbor had overheard this and that the kids didn't get any Christmas presents last year and offered to help him out with like some small gifts. Yeah. But Charlie declined the offer saying that he'll get them what they need. Yeah. Um, Three weeks before Christmas, Fanny was talking to Charlie to see if they would be able to do anything to celebrate. And Charlie told her that he actually was planning a big surprise for the family, but he (laughs) wouldn't tell her what it was. So two weeks before, fast forward to two weeks before Christmas, he told the family that they were going to go into town. He was going to buy everyone a brand new outfit and then they were going to get a family portrait taken. Hmm. And this was obviously super out of character because he was always like really tight with the money, didn't want to celebrate Christmas at all anyway. Um, And so Fanny was like, are you sure? Like, how do we have enough money for this? And he's like, don't worry. Like, doesn't matter. I have everything taken care of. So it was like, okay. I can't handle this story. Yeah. It's getting so intense. (laughs) They took the family portrait together and I actually have a picture of it. So we'll post it Uh. on our social media. But um. So after that, one of their neighbors had kind of suddenly passed away. So the family attended the funeral and people claimed that they heard Charlie saying that he wouldn't mind dying. But if he did, he would take his family with him. What? Yeah. Selfish much? (laughs) Yeah, for real. So now it's Christmas Day. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone had kind of been doing their own thing for the morning. Um, Family had a family. Fanny had made everyone a really big uh, breakfast and then started working on Christmas dinner. Arthur, the son, had been rabbit hunting with his cousin that was staying with them, Saunders, and was also playing shooting games with Charlie. So like all three of those boys were like... Uh, Charlie, the dad, and then Arthur, and then the cousin Sanders were playing, like, lining up cans and seeing who was, like, the best shot, you know? And then... What you did in the 1900s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Marie had been uh, baking a cake, and it was, like, this white cake frosted and topped with raisins. Um, Arthur said that he wanted to go... That will become important later, I promise. (laughs) I know, who wants raisins? (laughs) Uh, Arthur wanted to hunt more later on, but he was almost out of ammo. So he asked Charlie, his dad, if he could have some more. And he's Charlie said no, and that he didn't have that much ammo left and that maybe he would want to go hunting later. So Arthur said that him and Sanders would go into town and to buy some. And Charlie said that was a good idea. After that, Charlie grabbed one of his guns and said that he needed to check on something in the barn. Hmm. So Carrie and Maybelle, the two like young girls, Mm -hmm. were on their way to their uncle's house and had to pass the barn. And that's when Charlie stepped out from like about 500 feet away, like kind of in the bushes. And he he had his shotgun aimed at them. So he aimed the gun at Carrie and he shot her uh, and the bullet ended up going through her hand and then into her head. So she had like put her hand up to like deflect it and it went through. And then he went to go shoot Maybell, but his gun jammed. So then he had to switch to a different rifle that he had. And then he shot the side of her because she was running away and it destroyed her lung. So it killed them both? 
However, the girls were not dead. Oh, my gosh. So Charlie then took a two by four piece of wood from the barn and bludgeoned the girls until they were dead. Oh, my gosh. It stated that he was careful to not damage their faces, though. Yeah, but you just shot her in the face, so it's fine. Yeah. Then he dragged both of them into the barn one by one and put rocks under their heads as if it was pillows and then closed their eyes before leaving the barn. What the hell? Right? So weird. (laughs) Um, so he then made his way to the house where Fanny was outside on the porch gathering firewood and she's hear the gunshots. Well, so even if she did like something, it's so common for them to be like like, hunting and like playing like shooting games. So like it wasn't weird to hear that. Um, but anyway, so she saw that his rifle was drawn and like pointed at her. So she tried to like turn around and run back into the house, but he shot her in the back and the bullet hit her heart. So he dragged her into the house through the front door where Marie and the two younger boys were. The boys ran and hid while Marie tried to run to the uh, fireplace and grab the fire poker to defend herself. But he shot her in the back as well. And the bullet hit her with such force that it broke her neck, her wrist and several teeth when she hit the mantle place. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So... He wanted to make sure that she was dead, so he hit her in the head with the butt of the rifle, but, um, and that was, like, while the two boys were, like, hiding and crying. So horrible. Um, so, oh, God, I hate this part. So he (laughs) got- Oh, God, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like this part. He got (laughs) both boys out of their hiding places, and instead of shooting them, he bludgeoned both of them with the end of the rifle again. But still trying to not damage their face- and then he did the exact same thing to Mary Lou, the four-month-old, in her crib. Oh, Yeah. So after that, he went upstairs and retrieved everyone's pillows and turned their bodies over and placed the pillows under their head. There was so much blood that, like, down in their area yeah. that while he was doing this, he actually ended up, like, slipping and, like, falling into the blood. Oh, my gosh. There's a picture of that, too. Oh, my God. Um... So at this point, a neighbor had actually, like, seen him shooting Fanny. So he had, like, taken off to go get help. Yeah. Um, he had also seen Marie, but he was scared. And so he ended up, like, rounding up some people, right? So Ar- Arthur and all of the uncles yeah. and then, the, like, the neighbors were back at the house and, like, a crowd started to form because everybody had heard about the murders. Yeah. But they couldn't find Charlie anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... Uh, where am I? Sorry. So because of the so the police finally showed up and then the investigation started and because of like the multiple guns that he had been using throughout the house, they determined that obviously Charlie was the shooter. Yeah. Um, Charlie had made his way back into the woods and had left bloody footprints behind him. Ew. His two dogs had followed him uh, into the woods as well. And he went into the creek. He went to the creek and kind of like washed the blood off him. Yeah. And then he had some papers and started to write two notes. And one of them said, Trouble, troubles can cause. And then that's all that note said. And then he started writing another note, which said, nobody to blame but, and then stopped again. What the hell? And then he started he just crazy. racing around a tree or pacing around a tree. Like, yeah, he's nuts. Yeah. So the police officers at the house went back to the barn to retrieve the two girls' bodies. And when they did that, they started hearing dogs barking in the distance and, like, heading towards them. Because the dogs apparently had been trained to protect the barn. Yeah. So Charlie, realizing that once the police saw where the dogs were coming from, they would know, like, where he was. Yeah. So then he ended up shooting himself and killing himself. Oh, gosh. 
So that's kind of that wasn't his plan all along. I think it was, yeah, just but maybe like maybe not that time. Yeah, place. exactly. Um, oh, shit. People became like obsessed with the crime scene and they like walked like people would like walk through it before it was like cleaned up oh and people gosh. like as like souvenirs took raisins off of Marie's Ew. cake to like save. And then someone claims that they even saw someone like scoop up Fanny's blood as a souvenir like in a jar. Who are people? Isn't that ridiculous? That's disgusting. That's so gross. Um, so Charlie's brother ended up turning the house actually into a tourist attraction. Um, it's not open anymore, but like he was for a while, he was oh like gosh. getting money for people to like tour the I'm sure crime he made scene. pretty good money. Oh yeah, definitely. Jeez. Um, and then this is just a, kind of a little tidbits after, but people think that Charlie let Arthur get away because he was like too strong. And if he mm-hmm. had been there, he would have been able to like help fight him off. Yeah. Um, and poor Arthur, like, after the trauma, like, he kind of became, like, a drunk in life yeah. and, like, was just, you know, he was messed up after, yeah. like, his family being slaughtered. He he did end up getting married and had a couple kids, but then he uh, died in a truck accident. Mm. I think it was, like, a drunk driver accident, Probably, but I'm yeah. not positive. Um, so then people kind of speculate different reasons, reasons as to why Charlie did this, right? Like, some people think it was the brain injury that he suffered. Yeah. Although, according to the autopsy that was done, they didn't see anything abnormal. But, like, who knows back then? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But then there were also rumors that came out from, like, the remaining family from that they were saying that Marie was actually pregnant and Fanny had been pressing her about who the father was. Hmm. And Marie finally told her that it was Charlie and that Charlie had raped Marie. What? And then Fanny asked if he had no, like if he knew about the baby and Marie said that he did. And that if she told anyone, Charlie said that there would be some killing done. Oh so gosh. most people think that that's, yeah, that's like why, because like, and then going back to, like, him trying to tell Fanny there was something he needed to yeah. tell her but didn't know how or... Yeah. But, yeah, it's crazy. And he was just psycho. And he was just psycho. So it's... This is kind of random, but, like, there's this, uh, like, folk group that actually wrote a song about the yes. murder. <laughs> so I have a little clip from that. I freaking love it. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah, wild, huh? Freaking... It see it sounds exactly like a scary movie. It totally does. I'm sure there's some that have been based off of it, don't you think? Probably. For a second I was like, this sounds like the Amityville horror kind, kind of, of a little yeah. bit. Except he murdered yeah. a million people. Oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Never 
So uh, it's a lot longer even than though that. It's messed up. I was like feeling it. Yeah, you, you know? like those jams. That is so funny. <laughs> I can't believe they made a song based yeah. off that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's my. That's a crazy. Yeah, the story just kept going. I was like, oh, how have I never heard about this before? Well, and I feel like I have in some way. Yeah, totally. But not the details like yeah, that. I agree. Well, my murder is not that cool. Literally, Uh, the only reason I picked it is because this guy wears a Santa suit and I had to do it. We had to have that. (laughs) And it's not as long, but that's okay. (laughs) All right. So my Christmas murder is the Covina Massacre, which is the story about Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. Mm -hmm. Um, So on December 24th of 2008 in Covina, which is a suburb of L.A., uh, nine people were killed by fire and gunshot inside a home where a Christmas party was being held. Nine people? Jeez. Nine people. Uh, at around 11.30 p.m., 45-year-old Bruce Pardo knocked on the door of his ex-in-laws wearing a Santa shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eight-year-old Katrina Ufopolsky, I'm not sure if that's right, but whatever. Eight-year-old Katrina, who was the daughter of Bruce's ex-wife's sister, okay. answered the door. Uh, little did so, the like family... his ex niece. Yeah, so okay. his ex niece. Yep. Okay. Uh, little did the family know that Bruce had entered the home with a homemade flamethrower, which he actually wrapped up as like a gift. A homemade flamethrower <laughs> and two nine millimeter handguns. Uh, unfortunately, right as Katrina opened the door, Bruce opened fire, hitting Katrina in the face. Oh my god! Uh, he then fired at the remaining twenty five people who were attending the party. After shooting through all of his ammo, Bruce took out his homemade flamethrower and used it to spray fuel gasoline to set the house afire. Uh, As a result, nine people were either killed by fire or gunshot. Oh my gosh, she just went crazy. Yeah. The eight-year-old girl that was shot in the face surprisingly survived. No way! Along with a 20-year-old woman who suffered a broken ankle after jumping out of a window from the second story and a 16-year-old girl who was shot in the back. One of the survivors was able to escape and call 911, which I'll play for you right now. Oh, creepy. 911 calls get me. Oh, same. Um, yes, I'm on Northwest Avenue. Uh-huh. I'm a homicidal guy, and he's still my little cousin right now. Okay, is there, can you tell us if there's anybody injured? Because we have a fire department and officers in route. Hello, hello. Hi. Who's coming immediately? Oh, I don't know your house. Who's coming immediately? Ma'am, is the guy in your house? Some of us, some of us, I don't know. 
My mom's house is on the ma'am, ma'am, the fire department's there, okay? What's he wearing? Yeah, what is he wearing? Please. What is he wearing? Please tell me. My nephew. What is he wearing now? He changed his coat from Santa Claus clothes. Okay, let me know what he's wearing. Black clothes. I'm laughing on neighbor's doors. Okay. Oh my gosh, that gave me chills. That poor lady. Holy. So, what they were saying was they were asking what he was wearing and they were saying that he was in Santa Claus, but he actually had changed. Mm -hmm. So, the fire took about 80 firefighters an hour and a half to finally put out due to the intensity of the fire. Oh my Uh, gosh. Those who were stuck inside were so badly burned that they had to be identified by dental and medical records. Oh, my God. After shooting the victims and setting the house ablaze, Bruce put on his street clothes and drove his car to his brother's house, which was about 30 miles away from the crime. When police arrived to the home, his brother was not present, but they found Bruce with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. It was believed that Bruce was planning to flee to Canada by plane because he had bought a plane ticket days prior. Mm -hmm. But because of this homemade flamethrower that he created, he actually had third-degree burns all over his body to the point where the Santa suit had actually stuck to pieces of his skin. So obviously, you can't just show up to the airport and expect to get on a plane. Uh, When police found the rental car Bruce was using, they actually found $17,000 in cash, the Santa suit that was rigged, or that had been, like, badly burned, and it was actually rigged with black powder, and... Um, there was like things inside the car. He had set it up to the point where if someone had tried to enter into the car, it would blow up like a oh bomb. Oh my gosh. So they basically thought that he was doing this as like a last resort. Like yeah. if he was in a, if he had, and to, he was, yeah. if he was in like a car chase right. or if the police tried to get into his car to get him, right. it would end up blowing up and injuring and killing lots of people. Uh, they also found 13 handguns that were empty and at least 200 rounds of ammunition because of the threat of the car, the bomb squad actually had to put in a device which actually kind of, like, burns it. Yeah. But it, so that, obviously, it doesn't detonate at any point. Right. And destroyed the car. Uh, That's in- insane. Yeah, dude, That's like He had, like, a plan. Yeah. Uh, inside Bruce's brother's home, they found five empty boxes of semi-automatic handguns, a shotgun, and a container of gasoline. So he was planning this. Did his brother know? No, his brother was out of town this whole time that oh this was happening. Oh my gosh. Uh, they also found that what they described as like a virtual bomb factory inside this home. So he was like, I don't know what the how long the brother was gone for, yeah. but this guy would turn this whole house into like a murder weapon. Oh my God. Uh, those were killed are the following. So uh, Sylvia Pardo, who was 43, who was the ex-wife, died okay. from a gunshot wound. And they were going through a divorce? They were going through a divorce, yep. Jeez. Uh, Alicia Ortego, who was 70, who was the mother-in-law, she died to, from a gunshot wound as well to the abdomen. Uh, Joseph Ortega, who was 80, who was the father-in-law, he died from gunshot wounds. Um, there was my McKay or Michael Ortiz, who was 17, who was the nephew. He died because of the fire. Mm-hmm. So he must have got caught in there. And then the following people, they don't know how they were killed because they were so badly burned. Like it could have been either. It could have been either because it could have been like a Smoke, small gunshot yeah. wound to the point where they were so injured they just couldn't get out. Right. Um, so it was Charles Ortega, who was 49, who was the brother-in-law. Cheryl Ortega, who was 45, who was the sister-in-law. James Ortega, 51, another brother-in-law. Teresa Ortega, 52, sister-in-law. 
and Elisa Ortiz, who was 46, who was also a sister-in-law. When you know he, like, planned it on Christmas knowing that he would Everyone be able to take out and a bunch of people. And he wasn't invited to this party, yeah. obviously. But, uh, I mean, you wouldn't know. He showed up in a Santa suit, the little girl opened the door. Oh, that's Because so of all of the in-laws that were murdered, 13 children were orphaned after the massacre. Holy shit. Yeah. And I don't know if the 13 children were there or they were able to get out, right. but 13 children were orphaned because he killed their parents. That's so horrible. Police believe that the motive behind the attack was related, obviously, to the divorce and mm-hmm. the marital problems between Bruce and Sylvia. Sylvia had settled for the divorce the week prior, and the couple were... The couple, this is kind of funny because they were actually only met, met, like, married a couple years before and their marriage only lasted a year. <sighs> um, they grew apart when Bruce had actually lied about he had a child with another woman. Oh, damn. And he also wouldn't open up a joint account with Sylvia and expected Sylvia to pay for all of the children and all of their things. Okay, well, no. No, that's <laughs> not how this works. <laughs> Uh, Bruce was ordered to pay $1,785 a month in spousal support, but he was fired from his job soon after. In the end, Bruce was required to pay $10,000 to Sylvia. She kept the wedding ring and the family dog. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the family dog is in this situation. We're I'm just, so sorry. We I know he's you. fine. He's fine. He's alive. We know that he's, he's thriving. Fine. <laughs> uh, Sylvia was living with her parents where the when the event occurred, and that's why he chose to do it during the Christmas party. What a piece of shit! Oh my god, isn't that gosh. crazy? Like, that, and that nine one one call. Oh, that just gave me chills. Your heart. Like that is so. Look, awful. Well, and like you're at this family party, you let a guy in that you know you don't think that this is going to happen, and he shoots your entire family, and that's what sucks. Is like your family's all there. Yeah. And only some people are going to be able to escape. When a gun comes out and you start shooting it, there's not much you can do. Totally. Yeah. So that's my Like the one that jumped out the window was like. (sighs) I mean, and she was probably closest to the stairs or something that she was able to escape. But shootings are just. What was his flamethrower made of? I don't know. Like how do you make a flamethrower? Hence why he ended up being badly burned. Yeah. Probably like backfired on him. Oh my god. In his Santa suit. And so sorry, I think I might have missed it. So he ended up just killing himself. He ended up shooting when he got to his brother-in-law's house. He ended up just shooting himself in the head because he was planning to flee to Canada, but he was so badly burned that he knew they were going to catch him. So he just killed himself. Oh my god. Christmas that, murders. Christmas murders. I didn't know they were coming some in so hot. Some of them are pretty intense. There was some others that I had noticed that like there was one that I just there wasn't enough information on it you yeah. know to do but there was this one where like the person hid the body under the Christmas presents. Like, oh I did see you that. You saw that one? Yeah. They yeah. Kill, it was like a it's old like a lady friend. that they killed. Yeah, yeah. And then she, they just left her under the tree with the Christmas present. Yeah. And like when they entered the house all they could see was like her feet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no I saw that one. Oh there was this one that I was gonna do this is really kind of gross but you know why not whatever why not take our uh, go out with a bang before we take a little break uh it was this guy it was like this 18 year old that was living with his aunt and he she like wanted him to pay rent and he was like that pissed him off for some reason I'm so sorry yeah and so he on Christmas Eve he got drunk with her boyfriend and she was out at like another party um and while they were partying or whatever, he ended up decapitating the boyfriend and like Ugh. cut off his nose, cut off his ears, pulled out his eyes with his bare hands awesome. and then left the boyfriend's head in the aunt's bed as like a Christmas present. Wow. Isn't that disgusting? <laughs> it's like 
it's almost like when it's a family murder, it's like so intense because it's yeah. they're so angry. Right, right. It's so Girl, like sorry you can't live for free. I know. Like, uh, I don't think she's asking you for that much, bro. Listen, guys, check your families. Yeah. Like this, the past two weeks, it's just like Thanksgiving killings. And trust, then don't this. trust Santa's. Don't trust no one. <laughs> can't even trust no one oh Oh, gosh but even though we just told you about families murdering each other enjoy your family happy holidays and have a happy holidays (laughs) bye bye thanks for listening to two friends two murders go follow us on instagram at two friends two murders podcast episodes are available on both apple podcast and buzzsprout don't forget to go leave us a review and share the episode with your friends If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us via Instagram or email us at twofriends2murderspodcast at gmail.com.